Hello, you're welcome to If I Were the Minister for Education from OnShot.net. Special episode. Aren't we the April Fools? When somebody makes a promise, you expect him to keep it. And even if the promise wasn't really a very good promise, and in reality makes very little difference in the grand scheme of things, when it's broken, it does cause a great deal of hurt. This week's news that school staff would no longer be on the priority list for vaccinations shouldn't have been much of a surprise because the government has been breaking its promises to schools for so long that ultimately we have no one to blame but ourselves. Happy April Fool's Day to all of us. Hello, hello, you're very welcome to this special episode of If I Were the Minister for Education from Anshaw.net. This is Simon Lewis. Uh, I'm recording this during the uh, spring break or Easter holidays um, and I wasn't, I was actually going to give a break to this podcast uh, but after the news uh, that uh, school staff were being bumped off the priority list for vaccinations I felt I needed to vent in some way and what better place to do it than on this podcast. Um, I wanted to start to tell you a kind of a short story of um, how I was kicked off um, the branch committee of my uh, local INTO branch a decade ago. Uh, basically, it was after I um, I was very unhappy with the 2011 uh, pay deal. I think it was the Croke Park deal or the Haddington Road deal. I can't remember which one it was at the time. The name's kind of blur. But I mean, as, as you, I've mentioned on this podcast, I was very, very unhappy and was uh, pretty sure that by signing this or by giving and signing this blank check for the government, that bad things would happen. And sure enough, uh, as we all know, uh, the lower paid teacher uh, problem happened and the cut after cut after cut occurred since 2000, uh, 2011 to our education system and much of which hasn't recovered. Uh, but I do remember uh, I wasn't kicked off uh, for any other reason than I was on social media at the time. I suppose I was younger and probably less appropriate than I might be now. Maybe I'm less appropriate than I was then. But back in the day uh, when Twitter was in its infancy, I decided I would vent my spleen on Twitter about the 2011 vote when uh, a good proportion, when over 80% of the teaching uh, profession voted to accept the deal, uh, the pay deal, which caused all these problems. And I remember um, the tweet uh, basically wasn't very complimentary. And uh, I, I think I called uh, everybody, uh, all the uh, all the people who voted in favour of the deal, fools. Um, and, but um, yes, a decade on, uh, we are in a position where we also uh, signed uh, or put forward a deal by over 80%, um, which had a condition, which I'll be talking to you in a minute about. But uh, I suppose I remember uh, 10 years ago, I was actually probably about 10 years ago now, uh, when I was driving home from work. I worked in a pie at the time and um, I was driving home and, I, and my phone rang. It was the branch secretary. I pulled in at McGainey where he uh, really took, uh, basically, I suppose, uh, tore the head off me and uh, I uh, resigned my position on the branch uh, committee uh, and uh, didn't go to an INTO meeting for quite some time after, maybe a good few years. Um, but there we go. Anyway, 
Um, I suppose uh, the reason I'm telling this story really is because we're fast forwarding a decade later when over 80% of INTO members agreed to another pay deal, which has basically sealed the fate of lower paid teachers forevermore um, for 30 pieces of silver and in exchange for God knows what. Well, you know, let's see what we've actually agreed to because over the last couple of weeks, um, the first signs of what we agreed to by getting our couple of hundred euro year uh, a year into our wage packets. What does that actually mean? And we got a glimpse of these plans for what we sold ourselves for um, to the government. Um, there was a circular last week. Um, and interestingly, just, <laughs> I, just as an aside, I've noticed lately the government are releasing notes rather than circulars. I don't know if any of you have noticed this, that rather than re- releasing circulars, because they've had to be releasing lots of information because of COVID-19, they've been releasing these notes uh, instead of circulars because... Do you remember last year they made another promise? Um, it was about a year or two ago. They made a promise that they would ease up on circulars because they were putting out 80, 90 circulars a year, uh, more than, you know, two a week uh, to schools. And one of the promises they made to school leaders was they would ease up on it. So now they're not releasing that many circulars. They're releasing copious notes several a week um, rather than circulars, which I kind of find it funny, but definitely an aside but another promise they've broken I guess uh, but they've released uh, this circular anyway it's number 18 and we're in where are we we're in the uh, near the end of March we're on April Fool's Day actually when this has been released so we're just uh, f- uh, three months have just passed um, and uh, the first of these initiatives in circular 18 uh, that will be foisted upon us were the start of the new maths curriculum so again this idea of um this new maths curriculum, which will be based on the primary language curriculum, make no bones about it. It's going to be terrible. Uh, we're speaking of which, there's going to be the continuous, disastrous rollout of the primary language curriculum. We're going to have a new um, literacy and numeracy tra- strategy. Uh, uh, ongoing now because the one from 2011 that Rory Quinn put out has probably come to an end um, <laughs> which I don't know if it had any impact whatsoever except SSE which again another ridiculous concept uh, but we're going to be rolling out more literacy and numeracy strategies there's going to be a new subject called STEM and I wonder what that's going to look like well we already do science and maths but with this TE and a technology and engineering uh, are going to become part of the curriculum in the new um, in the new reform of it um, and there's going to be more well-being well-being is going to be added to our curriculum so um thank you uh i i guess we we, we did sell ourselves uh into accepting all this kind of stuff but um the other thing that we might not realize i mean we kind of probably knew that the new like maths curriculum we knew the primary language curriculum we probably knew about stem and we probably knew about well-being and probably you know i think we all went in knowing that these things were coming down the line whether or not we signed away our uh, signed away our lives uh, for this um for this new pay deal but the little thing is that we didn't really know was there was um i suppose a little section in this um I suppose in this in this uh, pay deal, where it basically said that we uh, were agreeing to cooperate with any flexibility and change to support effective responses to the challenges posed by COVID nineteen. Now that's a very interesting sentence, and thank you to uh, the person who pointed that out to me on Twitter uh, today because uh, I wouldn't have noticed it. I think they've deleted it since, but it was I don't know why they deleted it because it was it's pretty accurate. Um, what we've done is it's section one point three point five of the um 
of the pay deal uh, that uh, basically we need to cooperate uh, with flexibility and change to support the effective response to challenges posed by COVID-19. And in reality is what that means is that we um, have to adapt to whatever public health advice is in terms of COVID-19 and public health advice whether we believe it or not, and I presume we have to believe it, is that we are kicked off the priority vaccination list. And, you know, the reality is that, you know, that's something that's very, um, that's really, really hurtful because, I don't know, I mean, we, 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 <laughs> we, we shouldn't uh, be kicked off this priority list, nor should anyone who is on the priority list. I mean, I'm talking about Gardaí, uh, people who are living in direct provision or in in uh, halting sites or uh, working in meat factories, you know, all these all these people who are raised above the, um, you know, the normal population, the rest of the population, you know, basically people who are not working or working from home or are not, not dealing with the public or who aren't in crowded conditions. I mean, somebody pointed out again on Twitter today that uh, she's a, a teacher herself, her husband uh, she said she calculated that her husband will be vaccinated bef- uh, before 85% of the teaching profession. I mean, that's... And he works from home, by the way, um, and isn't, and doesn't actually um, see anyone from the public. You know, it's it just seems very ridiculous. And at the end of the day, I suppose, you know, I, I'm giving out, yeah, and of course I'm giving out about this. Um, I mean, personally, it doesn't really affect me. I've already had COVID-19, so I'm kind of immune till June. Uh, I should get a little label on myself or some sticker, immune till June, because uh, uh, I like rhymes, you know. Uh, but um, the thing is, for our profession, I mean, I, I, it, it's just a real slap in the face after... I suppose we, we, we paid we paid our part of the deal. Uh, you know, we went back to work with those assurances that we would be prioritised. Yeah, we should probably should have had more um, priorities, you know, uh, certain, you know, structures in place, uh, you know, like safety measures and stuff like that. But we still went back. And in some ways we went back with the faith that we would be repaid by being somewhat prioritised um, in the vaccination list. And that's just been swept away from us. But we, but the thing is, we agreed to this in a way. Well, 80% of us agreed to this in a way. And I know it was small print and it's only a tiny little fragment uh, that I, in fairness, none, none of us really noticed. But, you know, I can see the INTO are kind of huffing and puffing today and, and, and the various other unions are huffing and puffing and saying this isn't right and they want them to be immediately reversed and so on. But the reality is, They sold this deal and our members bought it. And it's up to our union to scrutinise these pay deals for anything that could possibly go wrong. And I mean, in reality, while they can huff and puff and puff and huff and do whatever they want, the reality is there's nothing they can really do. You know, they, I mean, in fairness, like if they could have, okay, where I'm recording this 24 hours after the announcement um, and or maybe not even 24 hours, but I mean, a day anyway, a day has passed. In reality, they should have by now come out to say that their members will no longer be returning to schools and they will work remotely. There's nothing to stop us working, but we will work remotely until we're put back on the vaccination list. Um, you know, they need to say it. Why, um, they need to say that. And it should be as simple as that. You know, yeah, we go back to work, but we do it within the safety of our remote learning until we're back on the priority list. So I just want to know, why hasn't that happened? 
You know, surely if the unions are huffing and puffing and all that kind of stuff, why hasn't it happened? Well, it's because of that line. That line that we have to, and we signed up to this, we have signed up to this, we have to cooperate with flexibility and change to support effective responses to the challenges posed by COVID-19. And this is just one of those things that we have to be flexible with because public health advice has deemed it so. And uh, unfortunately, whether we like it or not, that line is what saves the government's bacon, really. Uh, uh, you know, They can just point to that line and say, sorry, union members, you signed up to this. So what does it really mean for us as school staff? Well, when we signed up for our couple of pieces of silver, we basically signed a blank cheque again, as we know. We knew we were doing this. I know we knew we were doing this, but we signed up to this blank cheque. And do you know what? We've, we've done that before. 2011, where, uh, when I was kicked off my work, I resigned from the INTO branch committee after, uh, after being fooled once. Well, you know, we were fooled once, but now we've been fooled twice. And we know the saying about shame on us for that. But for the INTO, I just think they should just quit the faux outrage because that's all it is to me. They can huff and puff and give out all they want, but they are complicit in all of this. They failed to get teaching staff any extra safety measures for going back to school. Not a single one. And as much as they claim they did, there isn't a single thing that's different since I've come back to school on the 1st of March that was, this, that was any different to, this, uh, to back in September. And this nonsense about mass testing, which isn't actually mass testing, it's very dangerous to call it mass testing when it clearly wasn't. They were happy to send us back to school in January, as we all know, until, there, uh, until we had... <laughs> and that was in the middle of like when there were thousands of cases every day in Ireland. I mean, there wasn't... A, you couldn't turn uh, anywhere before, you, you know, was, without knowing someone. By January, everybody knew somebody. If they hadn't got COVID themselves, they themselves, they knew somebody very close to them with COVID. And basically, the INTO were quite happy the leadership were quite happy to send us into school when there were thousands of cases of COVID every day until we had, basically until ordinary members held our, basically our soprano style intervention as I've called it. And we can already see the effect of being back in school, especially in areas where there's high infection rates around. I mean, for example, let's just take Offaly as an example, where the cases are far higher than they should be, really, than average. I mean, there's some places, like where I am working in Carlo, there's very, very low cases, therefore there's very few cases in schools. However, in Offaly, there was over 30 cases caused by, a single, by an outbreak in a childcare setting. I mean, and this is because when numbers are high in the community, numbers will be high in schools and people get infected and then people who are infected infect other people and people do die. People, I know people often argue that no one's died in a classroom uh, due to COVID-19 and I suppose that's the point I'm trying to make here because, you know, I mean, apart from the fact that do people have to die before we do something? Do you know, I, I mean, like is that the extremes you have to go to to get any sort of safety measures? I mean, I, I mean, the people that say this, I, I, I imagine haven't had COVID. I mean, I honestly, I don't recommend it. Even if you get a mild dose of COVID, it's not pleasant and it's not worth the six to eight weeks it takes to kind of recover if you even get a mild dose of it or even worse if, you, if, if it's worse for you. And I really don't recommend it having had it. However, more, more seriously, we don't know how many deaths have actually occurred as an indirect consequence of COVID in schools. We know maybe, and again, we don't know. We, we know very few if any, teachers or SNAs have died as a result of COVID-19 in schools. But we don't know about people outside of the teaching staff 
um, who have uh, died as a result of somebody in school bringing home the virus to somebody who brings it to somebody else who eventually who, who dies. We don't know the chain of events because we, you know, obviously we would have to it's very hard to do that um, but a leading UK research and we know this leading UK research proves the index case in households is twice more likely to be a child I mean it's just that's just the facts really and you know I, I just find that argument that oh well no one's died so it should be fine you know and I'm not saying we shouldn't be back in school but we should have more safety measures uh, and anyway we've gone about on about this in the in this podcast a number of times uh, and I don't want to go on about it because I want to focus on this scandal of uh, this vaccination um, being pulled from uh, from from people who were made a promise but to be honest with you the INTO need to be quiet. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I don't know. They just, I, I think they're, they're kind of wasting our time because they agreed to all of this and they led their members strongly to support this pay deal where this clause has allowed us to be bumped off the vaccination list. And, you know, even in this complete breach of their promise uh, to, to the to school staff, uh, and much like many victims, we, we've tried to find glimmers of hope within this uh, in this scenario. Um, do you know, I, I'm I'm kind of thinking around, uh, uh, along this uh, whole thing that, you know, despite the fact that we've been bumped off the list as victims of this, as teachers, I've been noticing on, on social media today, there's people kind of going, oh, maybe, 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 maybe. And one they've said the example really was um, at the very bottom of the list, it says everyone else is 9A and 9B is like people working in crowded areas, let's say, or something like that. And people, including, I mean, I suppose RTE picked up on this as well, that maybe this is a glimmer of hope for teachers and Gardaí and, and others uh, who are, and retail workers uh, who are working in crowded environments that they will be prioritised ahead. It's a glimmer of hope. Um, I mean, as if we're trying to find some sort of positivity in, in a kind of a hopeless situation. It kind of reminds me of uh, how I felt um, just a few weeks ago when Sheffield United beat Man United in the league and I felt this glimmer of hope even though we were relegated you know, we're basically relegated we were definitely going to be relegated this season but I mean it's just this I mean we have this thing as humans it's probably a good thing that we try and find some glimmer of positivity in these hopeless situations and it, do you know why we do it because in horrendous situations you try and find a silver cloud uh, or a, yeah a cloud of the silver lining I'm really bad at cliches I use a lot of them but uh, I'm not very good at doing them right but you know it's been a horrendous couple of weeks I, I mean there's been so many times I've wanted to hit the record button on this and talk about a story or that's happened in the news I mean for example the set allocation models that came out last week um, they were released with no increases to set allocations for any school um, and not just uh, developing schools but any school uh, developing schools are, are getting basically nothing so that means and we, we you know that's been well um, charted in the media and in fairness there was a good report in RTE of a little girl who's on a sh- who's on a shortened school day because the school just do not have the resources to be able to support her needs or any of the children that are coming into junior infants this year because there's no increase to our allocations you're trying to squeeze so for example I, I'm, I'll just give you an example of, of a school that I I know very well because it's my own that we are a, a developing school like these developing schools and when these uh, allocations were made in 2017 we were awarded a certain number of hours based on our enrollment at the time now our enrollment has increased um hugely uh since 2017 
And yet we still have the same allocation of hours and more and more and more children needing supports. In fact, a weird scenario, uh, our school has increased in ex- uh, to the exact number of children that another school in the town with exactly the same social context and so on was in 2017. Their numbers have reduced to the exact numbers that we had uh, in 2017. It's kind, of a, it's kind of an interesting thing. And yet they have, um, they have 30 hours per week more in terms of learning support hours. So, I mean, that's just our example. I know there was a study down in Cork of 18 schools where a similar situation um, uh, was posed that developing schools were more hard done by than uh than developed than schools that weren't growing and it even led uh, in fairness it led um several patron bodies to send a joint statement to the department of education uh, during the week protesting this and look do you know what where is it going to go to it's going to go nowhere because no one's going to do anything about it really and so it will go on but it's been horrendous and but i mean even so i mean despite apart from the developing schools any school should have been given an increase in their uh, in their set allocations because like it or not, um, children's needs have shot through the roof thanks to COVID-19 and we're already seeing the effects on their education, on their anxiety levels and they need extra supports and they're not... and the. And the news last week that no one was going to be given any extra resourcing was it was awful. It was awful and um, thankfully it was highlighted in the news. But, you know, look, today's news is tomorrow's, what is it, fish and chip wrappers. Um, it's just, it's such a shame. Uh, but basically, you know, um, it's another, it was just, well, it was just a, another you know, slap in the face, kick in the teeth, whatever you want to call it. But also, you know, on top of that, we basically have also uh, just got the front loading model um, more or less announced it's been a quieter story, but the front-loading model, for those of you who don't know what it is, is basically SNAs uh, that are allocated. Uh, SNAs are allocated to schools, sort of, at the moment. Maybe okay. Let's go back a decade ago when SNAs were actually being allocated properly. Uh, when when a child came into a school with significant needs, an SN- and they needed an SNA, a psychologist would write a report saying the child needed SNA access or a full-time SNA, and you would get a full-time SNA or access to an SNA to a shared to a shared SNA. Now they've 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 made this very very difficult over the last decade and reduced the reduced a, any way of getting SNAs now and uh, and now you have to kind of burn down a forest uh, worth of trees to for all the paperwork that you need to get extra supports but uh, what they've done now is they've decided to cement these or not even cement make things even worse by creating this front loading model where schools are now allocated a certain number of SNAs based on some formula some algorithm that will ensure that schools will not have enough supports to support the number of needs that are in school. And we know this, that, that it won't, because what it will be based on is how many SNAs you currently have. And so, for example, if I had five SNAs in my school, I can almost guarantee the front-loading model will give me five SNAs. And every school in the country already knows now, and it, there's been surveys done about this, about 90% of schools indicate that they do not have the required current resources of SNAs uh, in their school. And this is just going to be cemented. The, the thing is, when new children come into the school, and the, thing, and the fact of the matter is, uh, there are more and more um, significant needs coming into primary schools, into mainstream classes uh, than there was before. There's a growing, it's a, it's, it's a growing uh, kind of cohort um, and therefore the, the needs are going to be stretched over, the, over these uh, supports, the small number of supports that we have and children are going to suffer. There will be more shortened days, there will be more expulsions, there will be more 
there'll be just and and this is this is what the front loading model has uh, is coming because and the thing was it was supposed to come in last year but because of covid-19 it was paused in inverted commas and when i say paused i really mean it wasn't paused because it sort of came in in all but name because what happened was we all kept our current um allocation of snas uh, and they didn't cut them let's say but that's basically what's going to happen this year when it fully comes in. And neither the IPPN or the INTO have said a word about it. And to rub salt into our wounds, and I, uh, and I take no pleasure in saying this, the IPPN has decided to make the NCSC's CEO, so the very person responsible for the front-loading model, as one of its keynote speakers at its annual conference, which would be okay if this was a face-to-face conference, for example, because then we could all boo and hiss like a pantomime, kind of like how we did with Harold Hislop when he decided, when he kind of sowed the seeds of Drihid. But she's, it's this going to be an online conference where no one's faces will be seen. She'll be speaking to a, a blank audience, basically, she, who, so she can say whatever she likes with no one to be able to answer. And she'll basically give a free license to outline how the NCSE are going to make principals' lives even worse with this front-loading model. And the thing about it is, the only person who's going to be asking her questions on this isn't going to be a teacher. It's going to be is it Anton Savage who generally asks the questions. And sure, he's a lovely man and everything else, but he doesn't know what it is. He doesn't, he doesn't care what the front-loading model is. He'll just ask a couple of questions that have been, you know, written for him and he won't have any comebacks for them or anything like that. Uh, I mean, I'd be very surprised um, if it is. But effectively, what this is going to do is it's going to endorse the NCSE's front-loading model because it will be seen that principals have invited the uh, NCSE to talk about the front-loading model. There will be no uh, protest. There will be no, um, you know, anything really. No, nothing, no backlash. And therefore, in pay, on paper, it will say that the, uh, the principals of Ireland are endorsing the front-loading model. And, you know, apart from the front-loading model, I mean, and this is the thing, and this is a killer as well, is another nail in the coffin. And there, I think there's more nails than coffin left in the in, in spe- for children with special uh, additional needs. Is this inclusion model, whatever it's called. It's not this, I'm not talking about the Brunswick model or anything. This this thing they're calling the inclusion uh, thing, where, uh, which means that children in need of therapies, so speech and language therapy, occupational therapy, all that kind of stuff, they'll no longer receive them from qualified therapists. Because if what this inclusion model does is, it, it's being piloted at the moment, what happens is therapists come into schools and they tell teachers and SNAs things to do with the children. And then the teachers and SNAs do this in the, uh, alloc- you know, in the already allocated time for set, set allocations. So there's no extra time. So instead of teaching literacy and numeracy and, and all the rest of it, we'll have to add therapies, OT and, uh, and, and um, what you call it, speech and language therapies into the mix. And we'll just be expected to do all this without any extra time but also with no qualifications we like how do we know if a child's succeeding in their therapy we'll just be given a load of exercises but we won't know if they're doing because you're the, the guys will come in at the start of the year and we won't see them again probably um and the only outcome really for this is that the government will use this to basically show that it's going to bring down the scandalous waiting lists that exist there's twenty five thousand children on waiting lists for um i think it's speech and language therapy at the moment and given that they're going to dump that on teachers and snasu the waiting list will then go to zero more or less because you know if they're, they're just going to be bunged off into schools and 
Um, we and effectively that's that's going to be the outcome. The government they say we have just reduced waiting lists down from a, a scandalous twenty five thousand to almost zero. I mean, it reminds me of how the Catholic Church uses teachers to keep the charade of religion being an important thing to most families. Um, you know, showcasing oh look at all the children making their sacraments. You know, if teachers didn't teach religion in schools, I can guarantee you 50% of children will be making their sacraments um, if, if it was up to families to get them prepared and everything else. You know, that's just, I mean, it's just amazing um, how, the, how they do this sort of stuff. And look, to be honest with you, the union, and I'll go back to the union here, the, all they can really do now is huff and puff. I mean, that's all they can really do now because they, as I said, this deal that was done, this pay deal. And I imagine they'll probably... I mean, all they can really do is probably tell their members to contact their local TDs. This is what we're going to be reduced to. Oh, will you contact your local TD and tell them how bad this is and get them to try and reverse the whole thing? And, you know, they'll probably even supply you with their email addresses or a template or something like that. And they'll give and you'll have to click a link or something and you'll be able to email your TDs and bombard them. And to be honest with you, do you know what? It'll be grand. But will it make a difference? I don't know. But what they will do is... They'll fall short of admitting they actually can't do anything themselves because they gave the government a blank cheque again to do what they want. And unfortunately, that's what's happened. And while it would be very harsh for me to say they should have seen this coming, because in fairness, I don't think anyone would have seen this coming. After 2011, when they also claimed they didn't see the lower paid teacher thing coming, you know... They really should realise they can't work with the government. They've been working with the government for the last decade. And if you count any successes, I mean, actual successes the government have, I don't mean compromises because they're very quick to say, oh, we, you know, things would have been worse if we didn't work with the government. But let's talk about compromises. Uh, they, they've, if, actual successes they've had. We haven't had a success in over a decade when it comes to, uh, when it comes to deals. I mean, we're, there's still nothing there's nothing we had before 2009 that we've gotten back, really. Everything is worse than it was in 2009. There is nothing, there's no single thing that's better. Um, and that, and I, I'm talking about terms, conditions and all that sort of stuff. No, and and that's, that's deeply worrying. But, you know, if you continue to, to trust the government uh, to make promises or to tell and, and all that kind of stuff, well, what else do we expect? But here we are. So what now? I'm I'm past the half hour mark here. To be honest, I just don't know. I don't know. I'm sick um, with 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 uh, an, with annoyance in this. You know, I I, I just we tried, um, you know, we're we're just tied into so many agreements. There's just nowhere to really turn. You're we're just so tied down. Do you know that you can't turn anywhere? You, you know, you can't we can't strike over this. We can't you know protest really properly over this we can't really do anything and we, we've basically spent a decade being fooled and you know and being lied to and we keep letting it happen and we keep enabling it we keep allowing it to happen I, I just don't understand why we keep allowing it to happen you know I, I'm recording this I suppose I don't, I don't know I, I'm recording this on the 31st of March the day after uh, we were kicked off the vaccination list and you know, tomorrow is April Fool's Day and that's when I'm planning on getting this released by the time I get this edited and everything else. And I just don't know. I don't know. I don't really know what to do. I mean, I don't know that if there's anything we can do. Um, 
you know, we'd probably just have to suck it up. Okay, fine. We'll get our vaccinations eventually, but it'll probably be, you know, it just, you know, I suppose what it does, it's just a bad taste it leaves that we're, we're not being prioritised. We're not important. And it just gives that message. But really, I don't know if there's anything we can do. But, you know, look, I could be wrong. I mean, and by, you know, this, as I said, is going to come out tomorrow uh, or today as you're listening to it on April the 1st. And look, maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe I am wrong. Uh, maybe there is something we can do. And to be honest, there will be no one more happier than myself if I am completely wrong about all of this and I turn out to be the April Fool. So that's it for this April Fool's Day episode. Um, I don't know. Um, I, I believe there's going to be an announcement today as you're listening to this on the 1st of April about whether pregnant staff will be coming back to schools. I, 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 I was going to wait until that to record this episode but I don't know I don't know how much more bad news I can I can probably list but I can almost be sure that they'll and uh, that that's probably going to be another bit of news uh, thrown at us uh, look that's I don't think there's any more to say on this episode gosh it's been a, an angry one um, what can you do sorry for the sound quality in this episode I'm recording this on my laptop on my lap um, I, I just didn't have a, a table uh, to, to record this on today um, look um, hopefully it's not too bad anyway you'll probably have a bit of shuffling noises or uh, different sounds but listen back to normal reserve, uh, service after the spring break thanks for listening we'll catch you soon bye bye